0: We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast teaching. Let me ask you a question as we get into today. We are still in the Lord's Prayer in the section of Matthew chapter 6 in our When You series. This portion is called When You Pray. Are you looking for the Lord to be your provider and provision? Are you looking for God, are you looking for Jesus to be your provider and your provision? You know, that's one of God's names in Scripture. In the Old Testament, when Abraham went up to the mountain and he was about to sacrifice his son as he had been commanded to do, which was a test, God said, hey look, it was a test. I wanted to see if he loved me more than he loved his son. If he knew and he trusted my provision beyond, or if it was just a momentary thing. And there on the mountain, caught in the thickets, Jesus, God, stopped him and said, Hey, look, I have provided for you in the thickets a suitable sacrifice. Don't raise your hand towards that boy. And he called him Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. Or God sees to it? Do you believe that God is your provider and your provision? In other words, are you looking for Him to give you your needs in life and supply your needs in life? Because Jesus teaches in the next part of John, Matthew chapter 6 that part of our prayer time, part of our talk time to Dad, to Abba, Father above, should be calling unto Him to be our provider within our needs within the moment. To give us what's necessary for us to live on. To provide what we need to sustain ourselves. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Matthew chapter 6 as we continue this portion in the Lord's Prayer. Or really, the disciples' prayer. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll actually just go ahead and read the first half to refresh ourselves and then we'll end in verse 11. Jesus says to pray then in this way, verse 9, our father who is in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. I love how Jesus takes us into kingdom thinking in verse 10 as we looked at last week. We're praying for Jesus to bring His kingdom here, to enable that time of peace, to enable the time of comfort, to enable the millennial reign of the servant kings, of those who have been faithful to Him. We're praying for the time when all war will end, when the curse of the ground will be taken away. Where the curse on the animals will be gone. Where the curse of death will not have its reach on our bodies anymore. He takes our thinking to that kingdom mentality in the prayer. Of, hey, Lord, help me dwell on your kingdom. Help me think on that time when we're just going to be at peace and perfection and You're sitting on the throne. And help me to live by Your will and Your way. And then he ties it perfectly into the provision of God here on earth. Lord, while I'm waiting for You to return, While I'm waiting for that perfect moment when your kingdom is here, while I'm waiting for that, Lord, provide for my needs. Lord, help me focus on you, but provide my needs. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6, because in John chapter 6, we actually see. What it means to have God as our provider and our provision in life. John chapter 6, starting in verse 3. John chapter 6, starting in verse 3. And we'll read down to verse 14. Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there He sat down with His disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus was lifting up his eyes, and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive even just a little. So right here, we're told how much money they have. How much is it? 200 denarii. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? Jesus said to him, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, in the number of 5,000. How many men were there? 5,000. That's men. They only counted the men. Because there are so many people to have to count, they said, you know what, let's skip a few, and let's just go ahead and count the guys that are here. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated Likewise, also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. Real quick, we've we got to go back here. There were 5,000 people, right? 5,000 men, excuse me. And how many fish and loaves did they have? Five loaves, two fish. And how many people did they just feed? And they collected leftovers with people eating to the point of being filled. So they gathered up what was left over and they filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which they had, he had performed, they said, truly this, this prophet, he is the prophet who has come into the, into the world. Hold your spot in John chapter 6 because we're going to be in a lot today, but I want to make a few interesting things, uh, bring up a few points that I see that are extremely important in this passage. Number one, first, is that idea of the 5,000. And I know that we always say Jesus fed the 5,000. But it specifically says that Jesus fed 5,000 men. During that time, it wasn't because women didn't count or children didn't count. It was because it was considered the household. Okay, so they're counting by the last name, basically. It would be like, okay, so that's the Quetzals over there, that's the Echevarrias over there, you know, and, and that's the idea behind this. It was, we're going to only count the households that are here because we're not going to be able to count everybody. We'll be overwhelmed. So they counted the households that were represented there. So in actuality, if we just go ahead and we, we start to uh, figure things in this Sense, If every man had a wife, how many people were there? 10,000. And if every man and wife had at least one child, how many people were there? 15,000. So on the low side, there was 15,000 people that had just been fed. Now the other thing is they don't count the people that were the servants within the household. So that could be another 5,000. Equaling 20,000. The other thing that we're not figuring in is that in those times, most people had more than just one child. So we probably have closer to 30,000 people being fed with just two fish and five barley loaves. You can see why the disciples are being overwhelmed. They look out and they just see a mass amount of people. And it's time to eat. And they're going, Jesus, you know, we we don't know what to do. What can we do? Another interesting point is, there's a little boy who offered his food. A little boy was willing to be the vessel of the Lord's work. Do you guys see that taking place here? You know, this is the only passage that it mentions that it was a little boy's lunch that they basically used. In the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 6, it doesn't even say that it was a little boy. It just says, hey Jesus, we have this right here. It doesn't say that there's a little boy involved and that there was this little boy's lunch pail or anything like that. Why? Because it's not about the vessel that's being used. It's about the work of the Lord that's being done. You know, when you guys come here, I hope you're not intending to hear my voice. I hope that when you walk in those doors, the person that you're expecting to hear is the word of the Lord being used through a vessel. Because it's not about a person. It's about the person that's speaking behind the person. Amen? It's about the Lord's work. And it's about His work being done. And that's the whole point in this. It's it's not the vessel. It's the Lord's work being done. It's not about Pastor Cody, because you don't follow me. It's about following Jesus Christ and sitting at the feet of the One. Third, money is never an issue. Did you notice that? They come to Jesus and they say, hey Jesus, we have 200 denarii, but how can 200 denarii feed all these people? There's a multitude of people, Jesus. How can we feed them with only 200 denarii? Well, with God, there is no issue with money, is there? Scripture tells us He owns the sheep, the cattle on a thousand hills. The disciples say, we don't have enough money. And what does Jesus say? Have them sit down. Have them sit down because I'm going to provide and they're going to be filled. Fourth, when you're filled, There's always extra to give. When you're filled, there's always extra that's going to be collected to be used for somebody else. Do you see that taking place? There's 12 baskets that Jesus hands out and He says, okay, you know what? We've just torn these two fish and we've torn these loaves and now I want you to go and collect the extra from the 30,000 people that are seated here right now. I'm sure that the disciples were looking a little sideways. Jesus, there was five fish, and and there's two fish and five loaves. How are we going to have extra? But Scripture says that they filled the baskets with how much was left over. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus is filling your life, you are going to overflow extra into other people's lives. Amen? Amen? This is what it means to have God, your Father, be your provider. And that's what Jesus was trying to show His disciples was, hey, look guys, I'm going to pray to God with these two fish and these five loaves, and we're going to feed everyone here, because He is our provider. It means feeling assured that the Lord is going to give us that daily need of daily bread. And our everyday needs will be taken care of because of Him. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus would later go on to teach in Matthew chapter 6 that we are to not eagerly seek after the things of this earth he says, hey, look look at, the, look at the birds, they don't gather into barns, they don't toil, they don't have to work at things, but your Heavenly Father provides for them. Your Heavenly Father makes sure that there's enough grain out there, that even though you're gathering all that grain up, there's still going to be plenty of grain and seed for them to go. Your heavenly Father provides for them that they know exactly where to go on the ground and find the worm that they need to eat for that day and to feed their children. And they're not worried about flying around and saying, oh, you know, I wonder if there's going to be a worm in that hole. I wonder if there's going to be a bug in that tree. No, they go to it and they know that the Father above has provided for their need. Jesus is telling us, hey look, I'm the provider of your needs and I care more for you than a bird. Look at the grass. The grass doesn't care how it looks. But it's one of the most beautiful grasses out there because it's covered with beautiful flowers. And he says, not even Solomon looked as good as the grass. how much more do I care about you if this grass is here right now and then later we're just going to take it and we're going to burn it in the furnace to keep us warm? How much more do I care about you? Don't seek after these things. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, I want your focus to be off of the provisions of this world and on your God who is the provider for this world. Matthew 6:33 Jesus says seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And that's what it means to look at God as your provider. But what does it mean to ask the Lord to be our provision or seek the Lord as your provision? Luke chapter 4 verse 4 it says Jesus he's having this, this battle between him and Satan. He's being tempted in the wilderness. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 4, he looks at Satan and he says, It is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A full belly is not all you need to survive. A full belly is not what you need to survive the tests and the battles that you'll face in this world. What you really need is for God to be your provision. What you really need is to be able to stand for what you believe, and know what you believe, and live by those things that you believe, amen? Going back to Luke uh, John chapter 6, verses 26 and 27, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of loaves and you were filled. See, Jesus, he, he feeds thousands of people, and now they start to follow him. Not because they believed his words. Not because They saw that He was what they truly needed. What does He say? You're coming after me because I gave you some food. You came after me because I fulfilled a temporary need that your mind was saying this is what you need to live in life. But Jesus is saying that's not what I came to give you. I didn't come just to feed you. I didn't come to tickle your palate. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. Jesus says, hey, look, the most important thing is the eternal. The most important thing in life is what you're doing and what you're living. And how you're acting and what you speak, and what you're doing to affect the eternal. Are you living for the kingdom or are you living for the temporary? You know, last week I had a picture up of the outline of Disneyland. Remember, and I said that some people live for that kingdom, the, the fantasy kingdom. And then other people they live for the kingdom of Miami. They live in the in the here and the now in the flesh. And, and, and the other one that was on the bottom was a representation of the eternal kingdom. And that's what Jesus is getting to at the heart of this passage of John 26 and 27. He's saying, are you living just for the temporary, the belly filling? And that's why you're following me. Or are you following me? Because you want to hear more of how it affects your eternal life. You follow me because you have satisfied bellies because I've given you something that you wanted. Driving in here, I pass by quite a few churches. And you can always tell what's being taught by how packed the parking lot is because Jesus had a crowd based on what was being given at the moment but as soon as he said hey look guys things are going to get rough and you're going to have to go through hard times and people are going to kill me and they're going to come after you 30,000 people became 12 it's easy to draw a crowd when you're giving something that people think that they want But Jesus came to satisfy the eternal need of man. He says, Look, I didn't come here just to create bread. I didn't come here just to give you guys sustenance. I came here to give you guys something that lasts forever. He wants to be the one to fill our spiritual needs day in and day out. And that's what it means in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, when He says, Give us this day our daily bread. He's saying, this is what you need to be filled, which is Me. This isn't a a prayer for food, as some people think it is. Jesus isn't saying, hey, pray for your food. He's saying, no, 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 no pray that i sustain you spiritually in fact this word daily that we daily bread that we write it down as it only appears twice in the entire bible it appears here in matthew 6 and in luke's account of the exact same prayer in luke chapter 11:3 it's what's called in the Greek, it's, a, it's got a special term, it's called a Um And it literally means to appear once in all of history. And the usage of the Greek, this has only appeared one time, and it's Jesus speaking it. No one else has ever written in this way and, and used these terms. And it literally means you're calling on God to be your super-sufficient. You're one and only. God, be my unique. Christ is telling us that, look, you do not literally need bread to sustain. Yes, if you eat right now, you're going to be hungry again in a few hours. But I'm going to give you something that you eat of it and you'll never hunger for it ever again. And we continue on in, Luke, in John chapter 6, verses 33 to 35. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is letting them know hey, look, you guys are following me because you're hungry. Temporarily, your stomach's growling, you're getting hangry, you've been walking for a while. But I want to give you something that will satisfy your soul. I want to give you something that will go on once the hunger inside is left, which is the bread of God. Verse 34, it says, Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. So again, they're thinking totally on the opposite terms. They're thinking manna from heaven. They're thinking, hey, look, Moses gave us manna. Jesus is giving us fish and loaves. He's separating it, and it's just going, 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 and we're being able to fill and having extra. And Jesus is saying, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You're thinking only on the temporary things where moth and rust destroys. But I want you to focus on your eternal needs of what goes on beyond this life. Jesus said to them, I am this bread of life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will no longer hunger, and he who believes in me will no longer thirst. Jesus said, Stay with me. Grow with me and you'll find you will not have a want for your soul. You'll be filled. You'll drink and not want. You'll eat and no longer hunger. Why? Because Jesus is all we need. Amen? It's not about a meditative yoga. It's not about giving and feeling good. It's not about the emotional things that we could do in a temporary sense. Jesus is saying, hey look, I want to give you something that sustains. Something that's beyond this life. John 6, 47-51, He continues on, and He says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So now he's getting to the root of what he's talking about, this all-sufficient bread that he wants to give us. He says it's eternal life. And it's only found through Him who's given. Just as he sat there breaking into pieces those loaves, his body would be broken for us. And it wasn't to fulfill just a temporary Stomach pain. It was to fulfill the eternal separation that we were about to face. He continues on, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. Jesus is just right out there. Hey, You want to know what? God rained manna. Moses was able to tell the people, go out and collect it. Eat it. You'll be filled. But they died. You eat and you still die. But what I'm offering you, if you take it, this eternal life that I offer, the moment that you have it, The moment that you believe it is the moment you come alive to God forever. John 6.47 is written in a present tense indicative. He's saying, listen, the moment that you believe is the moment you have eternal life. The moment that you believe Jesus died for you and rose again is the moment you have the promise of eternal life is the moment you are born again in Him. Amen? Amen? And it continues to go. It's not something that you have to continually eat. You know, sometimes people get a little confused and they think that, you know what, this is something that I have to continually do and I have to continually ask Jesus into my life or I have to continually have this type of walk or I'm not proving. But Jesus says, no, no, no. The moment that you believe is the moment you have eternal life. And He says it right here. He says, hey look, Israel ate, but they died. The moment that you eat what I offer you, the moment that you take it in, it's a one-time filling. And you won't need anything else ever again. This is the bread which comes out of heaven, so that one may eat of it, and not die. I am the living bread that came out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread also which I will give for the life of the world, it is my flesh. Jesus is all we need because He gives us freedom from sin and death. When Jesus says, truly, truly, believe and you're saved in John 6.47, He's letting us know that our souls can be satisfied in Him. That the thing that we truly hunger for isn't just for, you know, getting by uh, Wendy's or McDonald's or Chipotle or whatever it might be. He says, listen, your, your stomachs hunger temporarily, but your soul hungers eternally. And I want to be the provider of all your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. It says in John 6.53, then the Jews began to argue to one another, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? How can he give me food? How can he give me money? How can he give me a baby, a husband, or a job? How can He provide everything that I need? That's really at the heart of their question. How can Jesus truly give me everything? Because I have it planned out in my mind, how can He give all the things I have planned out? But Jesus' offer is a nourishment for our soul. Not a nourishment in the moment. John 6.53-58, Jesus says this. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of my, the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of His blood, you have no life in yourself. He who eats My flesh and drinks My blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For My flesh is the true food, and My blood is the true drink. He who eats of My flesh and drinks of My blood abides in Me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever. You see, the people begin to get upset with this statement. Why? Well, you, you take it for the face value. It seems very weird, doesn't it? but it was because they wanted Jesus to comfort them in this world. That's the truth of it. Jesus, no, we want you to be the conquering hero of Israel. And you're talking about death. Jesus, we want you to provide all of our needs in this moment. We want clothing. We want food. We want houses. We want what can be offered now. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I will provide all your needs in eternity. But they're saying, Jesus, we want the here and the now. They were happy to be spiritually blind, but physically satisfied. And Jesus was not happy until their souls were satisfied. With him. You see, that was something that the Pharisees were leading the people blindly down. Something that the rabbis, something that the chief priests, something that they were all leading the people blindly down. The pleasures of this earth. And, brothers and sisters, I will never lie to you because Jesus says it will be hard on this earth that we will be persecuted, that we will be hated for His namesake. And I'm not going to tell you if every dollar that you give to the church, you're going to have five dollars back in your pocket, because that's a lie. I can't guarantee you that. But I can guarantee you that if we go to God, if we go to the One that He provided for our eternal, that it's something that's promised and can never be taken away. That He will provide for us eternally and we will never want again." Amen. John 60, John 6:60 6, 60 to 63, Jesus continues. It says, "Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, "This is a difficult statement. Who can even listen to this? But Jesus, being conscious that his disciples grumbled at this statement, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? Is, it, is this making you upset? Are you, are you stumbling? Are you failing in your walk because of this? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? So he's saying, okay, so, so if, if I say these things, it causes you to stumble. But if you see me be taken up, would that make you stumble? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. He's saying, hey look, you know, you guys were thinking of all of that in the physical sense. But I was talking to you in the spiritual. You take on my life and I give you eternal life. You take on by believing in Me. You believe that Jesus died and rose again. That every drop of blood that came out was for you. That every piece of His body that was whipped and broken was for us. He's saying, then I give you eternal life. Jesus wants us to take Him in. You know that idea of eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's a literal taking in. It's a complete taking in. He doesn't want just a little nibble or a sample or a test. Remember he's speaking to his disciples when he's clarifying the statement. And he's saying, "What are you offended that I said to eat to fully commit He's like, are are you upset by a full commitment? It reminds me of a story that I heard. There was a hen and a pig, and they were walking down the street together talking. And the pig and the hen, they were talking, and and the pig looked over at the hen and said, hey, you know what, I just don't feel like we do enough. You know, I, I think that we need to just start... You know, doing more in life than what we have been doing. I feel like, you know, I go around and I just go through the dirt and I eat, you know, corn that I find that's mixed in the dirt and I, I eat roots and things and, and you lay eggs and, you know, I feel that there's got to be more to life than this. And just as he's saying that, they walk by a diner and on the diner it says free ham and eggs to anyone. That needs provision. And the chicken elbowed the pig and he says, hey, look, let's go make a difference. (laughs) And the pig looked at him and said, yeah, that's easy for you. Because you're just dipping in. Mine's an entire commitment. You know, I hate when you go to the store and you, you have those take one samples. Have you guys ever, ever done that? Especially at like BJ, And they know, like, you, you, they, they do it at the worst times, right? They do it right in the middle of the day. They don't do it in the morning, you know. No one wants a pizza bite in the morning anyway, I think. I think that's why they do that, you know. So they give the free samples in the afternoon, you know, really when it is that you're only going in for like milk, you know? That's that's when they do it, you know? Like milk and cheese, it's like, "Oh, I'm going in for two things." But the reason they do that is because they know that you're going to be hungry right about that time. So they have the free samples out. Free samples. Here's some chips and dip. Here's here's some pizza bites. Here's, you know, it's all carbs, it's all really fully loaded, you know, sometimes they'll even have free ice cream out there, and you're like, oh man, this is all great, yes, this is a fantastic, the free Publix cookie, I mean, it's all just a a sham, they're getting us, right? (laughs) And so you went in for two things, and you leave with $250 worth of materials, and it's all just garbage and junk, You get home and if you're one of the guys, you're in trouble and you know it because you're looking in and you're like, oh gosh, I even forgot the milk. (laughs) Right? I've done that. That's why Meg's shaking her head. rolling around there. And you see, that's what happens when you get nibbles in life. When you don't fully commit in life. When you just taste and you don't digest. It leaves you wanting more. And, and you see, that's, that's the sham in it, is they know that by giving you a little bit, you're going to want the full thing. You're going to want to eat the whole thing. And that's why you leave with $250 worth of junk that won't even fit inside your freezer. What happens is that when we go towards the world, it's little nibbles, right? It's little nibbles here and there. And that's what the world wants us to do. You know, you're reading a magazine, and it's telling you all the things that you don't have that you should have. You turn on the TV, and it's another ad, and then another ad, and it's flashy. Boom, 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 lights, amazing music. And you're just like, wow, these sneakers. But it's really a car commercial, Right? I don't know they add so many different things and all those elements. And those are just little nibbles, those flashes, those ads. And it makes you go after things that you really don't need on this earth that moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. And Jesus is saying, "Hey, look, I don't want you to waste your life on little nibbles." Little things that you don't need. Yeah, your stomach's satisfied, but your soul is in want. I want you to take in what I have to offer. Jesus wants to be what fills you and keeps you going in life. He wants to completely be taken in and eaten and completely satisfy your life. Amen? Suck in all the grace and all the mercy and all the love that was demonstrated on the cross of Calvary. Not to look around at the unhealthy pleasures that are out there that you just kind of want to fill your grocery cart in, right? Oh yeah, I need a couple tubs of ice cream. I need a little bit more chips. And Jesus is saying, hey look, none of that sustains you. But seek ye first His kingdom. Hey, guess what? And moth and rust do not destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal in other words do not satisfy yourself with the unhealthy things of this earth when your soul is hungering and thirsting for the fullness of Jesus Christ amen as we talked about in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, Jesus is g- telling us to pray for the satisfaction of what he wants to offer us. Let me ask you are you taking in Christ daily? You know, we really need to be going to him for that daily provision that only comes through his word. Every day, are you, you know, as you get that cup of coffee to get yourself jolted in the morning, hey, look, I, I'm guilty. I need that. After the fifth cup, I'm ready to talk to people. But Mr. Joe's saying, five cups, that's all? Love you, Mr. Joe. But the truth is, are you going to God after that and saying, Lord, speak to me and fill me? Are you letting Him be your provider and your provision in life? Yes, God wants to be your provider. He wants to do great things. He wants to go ahead and bless you with finances and with food and things like that. And He does. He does do that in our life. He's blessed us each with a job and different things to be able to provide what we need in this life. But He wants to be your provision for eternal life. Are you taking little nibbles and little tests and saying, hey, you know what? I, I just need a little bit here and a little bit there. Lord is trying to Take the entire thing of your life. You see, your life needs more than just a little sample. He wants you to be filled daily through His Word because that's what your soul thirsts and hungers for. He's already given you eternal life when you believe that He died and rose again. But, brothers and sisters, feed your soul. Feed your soul. Go to Him and be satisfied by the daily bread that He can provide. And only He can. I want to end with these words in Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. It says this: "And my God will supply all your needs." According to his riches in glory, in Christ Jesus. What we need to do is recognize that our need is not this temporal, it's the eternal. And that it's always supplied through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.